0: The Dodgeball Podcast. Oh, s***. This is going to be hard. <laughs> wait. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, this is not the Dodgeball Podcast with Brent and Steve. Nope. It's the... It's just a Dodgeball Podcast. Uh, but wait, why? You might ask. Well... In a nutshell, life got in the way for both of us, and it became increasingly difficult to coordinate all the moving pieces to create a quality episode. Um, plus, around that time and based off the feedback we received from many individuals, even those outside of dodgeball, um, it seemed like our mission of setting out to give a quick rundown on the world and community of dodgeball as we knew it uh, for the non-dodgeball enthusiast, um, meaning you know, somebody that never played a game in their life, our mission to create a podcast for them was accomplished. Um, So between figuring out when we could all collectively commit to produce another series of six to ten episodes or another season, and also trying to figure out where to go even, we kind of just put it on the back burner and life happened. Brett got married and then um, changed jobs. I completed my officer candidate school training and it just, I mean, it was good stuff, but I digress. So will the Dodgeball Podcast with Brent and Steve be back? Well, I spoke to Brett a few months ago, and he did seem pretty open to the idea, so you never know. We'll, we'll find out. Um, and I'm sure that the more people ask, the more it might accelerate our problem solving skills, and we'll figure out how we can coordinate all the moving parts to make and produce quality episodes for you guys. Um, if I were to guess or project, I would say probably around the time of the next Elite season, life willing, right? Till then, you're stuck with me. So what is going to make this podcast different exactly? Well. If you notice the length of the episode this is not about the non dodgeball player anymore nay this is about getting deep into the weeds and down the rabbit holes of dodgeball and believe me they exist from pre-udc pre-elite pre-ndl if some of you can even imagine going back that far i want to go there Um, i also want to focus more on the individual players themselves versus an overall theme so where the dodgeball podcast with uh brett and steve may have focused on the type of ball used or what a professional player might have been this is going to focus more on the story of the player where they came from how they came about dodgeball some of their highlights some of their the opposite of highlights um you name it um just i want to see where the conversation goes um, i'm going to do my best to stick to an overall theme some questions here or there but for the most part, I'm going to let this thing take its course and so if you can hang with that then you might just enjoy this podcast if not I highly recommend you check out the uh, Golden State Syndicated Podcast uh, with Mark Ackham and uh, Vince Marchbanks. Checking out maybe the uh, Book of Dodgeball from the man from Valhalla himself, David Tates. And, of course, always, shameless plug, uh, the Dodgeball Podcast with Brett and Steve. Um, Either way, if you're still listening, we're going to move on to my conversation with Eric Breadtruck-Tillmans. Alrighty, so I'm here with Eric Breadtruck-Tillmans, formerly from the L.A. team Gridlock, an all-around legendary player and stellar guy. Eric, thanks for being on, man, and sorry it took about, I don't know, two months to finally get this baby rolling.
1: Uh, (laughs) Don't worry about it. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, for sure, man. Um, So, first question I have to ask, um, and I I don't think I've ever asked this before, really, is where did Breadtruck come from?
1: Oh, (laughs) uh, it would have been from the... uh, The game show network, uh, dodgeball, extreme dodgeball TV show, uh, where I had been, I had been cast in the first season, and then, like, done practices, and I couldn't make one, and didn't get to participate. And cast in the second season, and was like going out of town, for one of the days, and again, it was like a day of practice, and then couldn't participate. And on the third year, I had been watching all these people, that. Like I was I was a better Dodgeball player than I was watching them on TV and I was a little frustrated. So I was like, oh I'll just like act like a like a crazy person because <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a reality TV show and that will get me on. Readings. And, and so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna come up with like a nickname and like just kinda just I don't know, kinda act the fool on T V. Uh, and I did. And then I can't I heard it was from uh Charles Barkley's some audio book or something where he talked about When he used to play basketball as a kid, kids called him, they'd make beeping noises and they'd call him like a delivery truck or a bread truck because he was so big when he was backing up. And I don't know why, but for some reason I thought it was such a, it was just like a great, great, like really weird nickname. And so I started using that on the game show. And then most of the people I played with knew me from before that, but I don't know if just because of the exposure of that or because it. It caught on, but uh, it just stuck from there. And then it's like 10 years later, and you're like, oh, yeah. It's an offhanded comment by Charles Barkley. It's funny. It's, it's
0: become such a part of life. You're like, I, I don't know. It, it's just what it it is. what it is. Like the uh-huh. endless bread truck. Very. Yeah, I feel like uh, nicknames, like, really, do you get to choose it? Like, it's just given to you at some point. Collectively, people just agree, oh, I'm going to call this person bread truck or, or hometown in uh, Rob's instance. And yeah, I don't know if it's a if it's a dodgeball thing, but it just seems like everybody that is someone, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but like if you, if you are somebody, you have a nickname of some kind. It's just like a term of endearment, or just like you earn it, like a rite of passage.
1: Yeah, like, well, I think there's like the descriptive ones too, where you're on a court and there's twenty strangers or something, and you just need to, you know, like oh, let's throw at Belushi. You know, and it's like oh, it's well, it's probably the heavier guy with a you know doesn't look <laughs> yeah, so like hot. Or, you know, like I think there's some of that too where. You just need a shorthand. Uh... Yeah, I don't do that. I just, I, So, like,
0: I, I'm really low-key. I don't yell very much. Sorry, yeah. I have that going against me, but when we're trying to, like, call a play, I'll just straight up point at the guy. I'm like, look, we're going to throw <laughs> for this guy just because the, the odds of him dodging a collective throw of three or yeah. four people, it doesn't matter. Like, you know we're coming for you, and surprisingly, it'll work out most of the time. But my favorite is like when I point at him. The guy's like, "You you can't do that. You can't just like <laughs> give away who you're gonna throw it to. Where's the suspense?" But it yeah, works.
1: I mean, I think that gets into the at some end all the strategy in dodgeball has to be able to be executed by dodgeball players. Like, no offense to our friends and family, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Where it's like, all right, we gotta cut this down to the the bare. How about we point at the guy and then yes, like everyone will actually get that because the yeah. more you try to do your codes or do I don't know try to run plays it's like I don't know I don't think a lot of people are on board for it you have to all be bought in
0: you have to talk about it beforehand you have to practice like it's you have to treat it like legit playmaking play calling
1: and then then execute it when there's a bunch of adrenaline going on Uh, yeah yeah. that's
0: why sometimes pointing just straight up works right I uh, I mean that's what I think
1: I think those work really well (laughs)
0: My favorite thing to do is, like, I'll point at somebody and, and just pray that the other three or four guys are going to throw with me, and I'll choose somebody else that's not even paying attention because they are be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally safe. I don't have to do anything. And then, like, <laughs> sometimes it works out really great, and sometimes I'll get caught and be like, well, I'm an idiot. Can't even follow my own direction, but oh well. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, so play calling, I tried adapting, uh, gridlocks when I was playing with you guys, or with gridlock, yeah. um, was it July, uh, was that pre did uh, west you coast or, round
1: round 3?
0: Yeah, west coast round 3.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah I forgot who I was filling in for. I think it was Kale or um I was filling in for somebody. It was just awesome being able to play with play with them, play with them. And the uh it it sounded easy enough on paper and like I know Kale explained it to me and I told him like dude just explain this to me like I'm a 3-year-old. Yeah. And he explained it to me, like, "Okay, cool, I got this." And then I would totally not get it. Like, well, I guess I'll just stay in the corner now and absorb balls for you guys, or
1: maybe just, <laughs> I'll be in the corner yeah. of shame for a little the, bit. I'll say the gridlock throw codes, which work pretty well, we're definitely, a, like, from the beginning, like, we're going to make it as simple as we can because it's just hard to come up with anything. And then once we've got the simplest version of it down, slowly expand it because there's just... I mean, I, I I mean, I came up with most of it, and still on the fly, I had tons and tons of problems because it's just, I don't know if if you don't practice a lot as a team, and we always we practiced a little, but not a lot, you know, right? Uh, any of that kind of coordination is hard, and then the, as you try to ramp up the difficulty, it's harder and harder.
0: For sure, yeah. We um, back in the days of Rampage, we had it was like if if three people on our side had balls the play caller would be like okay one two and three and and people that filled slots from left to right would be the ones that are throwing so if i said you know one and three that means the first person and then the third number or the third slot would be throwing so like okay we know these two people are going to throw and then i would say on five and so five would be like the opposite team from one to six left to right right and like Talk about simplicity. For some reason, that worked really well during like one of our tournaments that led up to the NDL. Yeah. And uh, my God, do we sound like a bunch of nerds? Like it was just <laughs> <laughs> like, we thought we were so hardcore and so cool and so like on the on the on the same page, and it just sounded like ridiculous. And it's such a weird feeling because we're just destroying teams. Like like I guess like you normally would. I mean, if you if you play dodgeball long enough, you can roll into any tournament and just you, you can get to out, roll people. Yeah. And so, like, this wasn't really necessary, but it's good practice because it, it did, we did utilize it or attempt to, I think, against, like, Rise and, at the time, Monsoon, which was our, our kind of rival right. from Arizona. Yeah. And uh, I remember one time I was we were just, like, destroying these these guys and I was like, man, is this, is this too much? Like, I look really good in this jersey, like, we're all color-coordinated, this is great. <laughs> but these guys are just here to have fun. Like, half of them are probably drunk already and they're just getting rolled by these guys that are calling out these crazy number plays and yeah, it was, just, it was a funny uh, juxtaposition, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think there's always a little bit that indodgeable. I mean, th- there's serious teams and there's fun teams, but I think it's rare that you get a whole tourney where everyone's on the same level. So, yeah. you know what I mean? You're going to be behind or ahead of a somebody.
0: I wonder if there's going to be a day where you know their the coaches are calling play. Like, there's going to be a coach first of all, and then there's going to be like play callers that are like signaling you. I, what the what the call is going to be somehow, or there's going to be some kind of system where they can get that message across super fast.
1: Yeah, I honestly, I because honest, one, I mean, in all sports, the the, the strategy is a, mm-hmm. an important part of it, right? There are very few that are just physically driven, and then in dodgeball, you've got multiple balls, multiple people you're targeting, and in most tourneys, some sort of shot clock. Yeah, you've either got to have practice, but then you also don't always know your lineup because you're losing people, you know, so. Either you're running set plays that you practice enough that you can just execute, which I kind of think is what Rise does a lot of the time, or you have enough, uh, you know, players that are physically able to just, you know, take solo shots and knock people out, or like you don't have to scheme around another team because your guys are just all <laughs> physically strong enough. And I'd say that's kind of Doom's yeah. method for a lot of it. But I think for a lot of the rest of the teams. Yeah, you're going to need essentially someone not on the court calling in so that they have... Because all they're doing then is just figuring out what's going on and what needs to happen, and you call the play in because there's too many variables, I think, for people on the court to be doing it. Uh, it's not that no team is good without it, but I could definitely see that being the way that teams could step up.
0: Like another evolution in, in the setup?
1: Yeah, yeah. or I mean it's hard to tell cuz right now with the rule set still all over the place uh, i think what may work really well in one tourney or one division just you know just doesn't have the same effect in another and because of that i think you need like in football you can have a the set of rules is out and then it's like all right well then they the west coast offense comes and they they all of a sudden it is defeating current defenses. And then they're like, all right, well, we're going to figure out the cover two to, to figure out that sort of thing. And so say switch to that. And, like, you get this, like, evolution because it's around one style of play. But with everyone having to travel and do different games and different styles and everything, uh, I mean, good players will be good in any of those, but I don't think you'll have an evolution of strategy unless you're, like... Forced to play the same way enough that you get some you know kind of meta gaming inside of that,
0: it's a good point. And I think maybe elites come the closest so far, yeah, like n d l had a good they had a good run for for what that's worth, but you're right, I may have been thinking about this weekend's tournament coming up the uh the l a classic where it's it's likely, but I guess it's three different styles of balls. so that's gonna change the dynamic entirely three times, right. And it's like, well, for, for foam, uh, just stay alive because now everybody can throw. Everybody's a weapon, yeah. essentially. No sting, more or less the same. It's going to be, can, can we out-catch? And then good old 8.5 is, can we muscle our way through? Yeah. And if not, can we catch our way through? And then, oh, by the way, we just played two divisions
1: prior, so let's see how fatigue uh, <laughs> gets in gets Yeah, in I, I mean, I'm more proud of everyone that's playing in that, but the especially now the kind of arm strain I picture from... Switching, I mean, just doing three tourneys of any ball style, three, like, short tourneys even is difficult, but, yeah, that different, I mean, I don't know. My my I, I do all three of those balls very differently, and I, I cannot just switch that quickly between them anymore, and I don't know if I ever could. Uh, I think it'll also be interesting just to see. I'm sure there will be some no-sting teams, because it's LA, that are very good no-sting, that, yeah, just don't know how to participate in the other styles.
0: That'd be fun to watch. Yeah. I feel like it's my revenge because I, I'm awful at foam and I'm like, okay at best at no sting. Yeah. And like watching like people that throw at me and I'd be like, Oh, I can catch this all day, any day, but yeah. it's not 8.5. It's going to curve or it's going to bank or somebody threw a shot at me, uh, Dylan at open gym last week. And like it completely passed my guard. I thought it was safe. And at the last thing I was like, wait a minute, this is foam. It's going to like come back, isn't it? And sure enough, it like hit me in the butt. And I was like, God dang it. Like,
1: yeah, Duh. different game. Balls I mean, do just, whatever the heck uh, they want. Yeah, both Well, and I suppose the little balls always they don't have the same kind of weight so they can really, you know, it's kind of ping-pong off you so much faster than the than the big ball. That's the one that gets me the most where you can't trap it in the same way. Yeah, you can't
0: trap it and then I think if you're used to trapping like that with 8.5, definitely not going to happen with foam. Like it's more of a hands game yeah, or you have to just be just completely at the exact same time to trap it. But yeah, foam is something else. And then no staying a little bit easier because it's got that give, but still right. it's like, it's so fun watching and so satisfying watching a foam pro- player come to 8.5. And it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, welcome to my world now, man. Like yeah. <laughs> the tides have turned. <laughs> like I finally have a chance.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, especially as a, as an older player, I really like the leveling that 8.5 does. We're just kind of, yeah, it tamps down how hard people can throw and it, doesn't necessarily even reward all the the big arms, you know what I mean? It's so much more angles and movement and that sort of thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah.
0: So speaking of such, um back when you played, kind of want to go back to pre NDL. When you when you played for Extreme Dodgeball, did you guys use the 8.5 inch back then?
1: Yeah, that was. Well, we had been playing for. A couple, it was, I don't know, more more than a year, maybe two years before the movie came out. And then after the movie, uh, those guys at Game Show Network put together Extreme Dodgeball, and it was, yeah, it was all, I mean, they basically, as far as I understood it, talked to Costanza for essentially like, hey, we need a rule set. We need to know how to put this together as a competitive game. And that's what we were playing in LA that whole time. Uh, and so 8.5 became the ball for, uh extreme dodgeball though then they added that uh they added I don't even know how big it would have been one of those 20 30 inch balls like the, the big ball
0: oh yeah cuz they had I, all the weird like
1: yeah they had different like,
0: standing <laughs> antics and let's just pretend this is not real
1: dodgeball and and have fun if well that was the first two seasons were just a like was. you get hit and you make catches like kind of regular dodgeball but the teams were goofy they were like a team of midgets against a team of uh, jock or it was no it was jockeys and like mimes and accountants you know like kind of silly based teams second season was the same but like a little more serious where it was like oh these are these are a group of security guards and these guys are like navy seals like a slightly more serious and then yeah, the I third know. season they tried to create a point based game where like hits were worth a certain amount and catches were a certain amount and once you knocked a a team out they all came back in so it really changed uh, It just really screwed with the game frankly it was a pretty I don't know a pretty bizarre way to play dodgeball
0: it doesn't really sound like sorry go ahead but it was always that 8-5 ball yeah Yeah, I so when I would play dodgeball, people were like, oh, man, you guys are playing dodgeball just like the, it's on TV, or do you watch that show? I'm like, oh, what? It's on TV? Like, I'm really good. Therefore, I can be on TV, like, tomorrow. Like, get me on there. Yeah. You know, just that mentality that we all had back in the day. And um, watching the, I guess, I don't even want to call it, like, the de of dodgeball, because it wasn't really <laughs> a thing back then, but just seeing, like, mimes against the Chicago police or whatever have you, I was yeah. like, oh, dang it. Like, that just set us back, like, five more years, even though we're not really... Going anywhere? Anyway, we're still like, oh, you play dodgeball we'll just like the movie, and like, oh, one one day we'll get serious. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, it was interesting because at times, I would say I remember at least in the first season, each team had at least one or two like players that played with us regularly that were pretty good, and especially that second season, I remember it being like fairly filled out with good enough players Like you had you had good games there and everything. And that third season, it was. Everyone could play pretty well. The problem was, yeah, you dress it up with with all the cartoony stuff, and it doesn't matter what the games are like, you know.
0: Yeah, at that point, it's just a novelty to most people, and they're like, "Oh, go team mimes and whatnot." Yeah. Do you uh do you remember anybody from there? Because I I think um the only person I think is left is Jake Mason and David Benedetto. I think they're a part of that. I actually,
1: I don't think Jake was, unless, I, if I'm mistaken, I'm sorry, Jake, but, because it was a pretty, it would have, been, like, people that still play, uh, I mean, Costanza was there, uh, I was there, I mean, uh, from on the show, uh, Was Eric Adé part big. of that? What's that? Eric Adé. He was never on the show. I mean, he played in that. Actually, I think he might have started right about when that was over. It's it's hard to, to remember honestly because it's like probably twelve years ago, 12, yeah, it's 11, 12 years far ago. Back. Benedetto and I are the were the like when I stopped playing. I, I think we're the only two that were like still regularly doing tourneys that played back then, that that played on the game show. I should say there were other people especially in the LA scene that played then and still play now but just never were cast.
0: Gotcha. And and so you said that prior to the the TV show this was LA Dodgeball Society that had been exist or had existed a couple of years prior to that. Yeah. Uh what yeah. so was that like 2002,
1: 2003ish? <sighs> De- definitely 2002 or 3. I'm not sure. I would have guessed early 2003, but it might be late 2002. Uh yeah, and I just happened. I was like, literally, just like poor, and was looking for something to do on the weekend, and was like on Craigslist, like free things happening this weekend, and there was some ad for it, and I showed up, and it happened to be the first week that Michael did anything for it, but it was very like wow. just kind of small, I don't, you know, like Rec Center gym, uh, but it was be- so before the movie, before the TV show, any of that. So it was it was pretty niche.
0: Uh, I'll say, usually it's, um, you have some like outcroppings of leagues and organizations like they were there just prior to the movie, but not within a couple of years or so. Right. That's crazy. I wonder what, so Costanza founded LA Dodgeball Society. Yeah. I wonder what what got into his mind, like, Hey, we should start a dodgeball league or we should definitely play dodgeball. Like even at that point, it was such a, like a random sport to just start up. I wonder what uh, motivated him to do so. I have to reach out to him and find out. Like,
1: yeah, that's a great. That's definitely a Costanza question. Uh, I mean, I know he really always enjoyed dodgeball, but I don't know. Considering the amount of time he's spent, like running it and doing it, then he must, you know, he must have some vested interest in where the sport goes. You know, but that's all really. Yeah. That's really on him. I'd, I haven't. I haven't really kept up with the WDS leagues as much since I stopped playing. No sting, so I don't know where all that's going and what's happening. Seems like it seems like every day I look up and there's some new organization putting something (laughs) together, and you know, I I have tried to step away from that a little.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, especially back in the day when, um, and this is I don't know if this will surprise you. Do you remember uh, Mark Murphy from the National Dodgeball Association, the NDA? Yeah. Yeah. So like he planted the, the podcast seed for me 11 oh, years yeah. ago, like literally uh, he, um, and this is, this is what I was going to say, but it might sound weird. He shared a recorded interview of, uh, of you, uh, cause he was, um, he was trying to find like the all-stars and this is when pinch was a thing. And so
1: yeah. uh, they, we were, was yeah, like he put together this pinch team with me and, uh, Sebastian, a couple of the guys from Temecula and, uh. Seabass, if I remember it, right. yeah, Seabass, Sebastian uh, Scotty. So, were you guys uh, part of? Uh,
0: were you, were you part of the, the guys who would play in arena football leagues or arena yeah, football games?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we played in a bunch of arena football. It'd be like halftime or or awesome. whatever Connecting shows. The dots. Yeah, they, those were pretty fun. Uh, so, what was
0: that like? I, I mean, because the the pictures he showed me or the pictures that were featured on his uh, website were like. You guys are playing in front of a crowd of people, like a legit yeah. stadium packed full of people, and you just see like dodgeball players. I'm like, how does that? How do you? How, how can we bring that to Tucson or to Arizona or just to
1: the world? Um, yeah. Well, so here's the so. Cool I mean, and we've done it at like Staples Center, a lot of the uh, a lot of the arenas. I think it was. I don't. Know, most of the times when I did it, and so this may be different now was what I'd call more like the barnstorming era, where kind of like you'd put together a team or an organization would put together a team and then you'd, you'd hear like, oh, there's a tournament in Bakersfield and the finals for it are gonna be at their arena football league halftime. And so you just kind of like get a group, go out and do that. And then four weeks later back, like, oh hey, there's something happening in Portland and there's you know, so you just kind of like travel and do these tourneys. And then aside from that, small sports Markets and notably Arena League football for us, uh, they need they need free entertainment on those halftime shows, and so I think for them it was this very small investment to get, you know, all the teams were given free, they were given like cheap tickets to so pack a bunch of people into the the stadium. It would give them something to show at halftime. Uh, I think it was kind of beneficial all around for that, and that's not going to work for something like the Lakers where they're like, yeah, people will pay to. <laughs> Be the halftime show for us, right. but if it was, I think dodgeball could find a home there by finding a sport. And I thought arena league football was a good one, just because it's obviously not super similar, but you could see the audience for one being interested in the other. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I can't off the top of my head think of another one. But I think that's what you need to do. You need to have that audience already there and then expose them. I think there's been too much like too much comedy in the water right now for it to be taken seriously. Uh, the, the closest you get is uh, I guess like the trampoline dodgeball. Cause that's actually on ESPN, but even that it's like, it's like slam ball. It's like on trampolines. I don't know if that's the, I think it will be as serious as slam ball was, you know, yeah, I, was which,
0: say I wonder how long that will last cause slam ball was like two seasons tops.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just listened to a, podcast by the guy who founded Slam Ball and it's found a new life in China because they're real into three-on-three basketball I guess hmm. and so they just he just signed this big contract to reintroduce Slam Ball in China but <laughs> yes it's been on the shelf for whatever seven years uh,
0: well, I would say we could always outsource dodgeball to other countries but it would seem dodgeball's bigger in other countries than, than here anyway so it's just
1: yeah well and then you get into the like if I Show our style of dodgeball in Japan. Aren't they going to be like, oh no, we play, you know, three on three with three people behind the court, and take it to another. That's part of that. There's no paradigm for how dodgeball is played. There's no unified rule set, so it gets into that little bit of like, I can turn on cricket and be like, oh, I kind of get what's a good play because I kind of know cricket, but since it's not something I grew up with, I can't appreciate it. Like, because I don't know the rules. I think there's a lot of that in dodgeball. You show up to someone else's dodgeball game and you've never been to their league before and you're like, why are they trying to shoot baskets? Or like, why aren't people sniping? And it's just like, oh, well, basket brings the whole team in and all balls off a block are dead. So sniping someone without even getting you know, nicked by a block is really hard. And you're just like, oh, well, that's a very, very different game than how we play. Uh, and then internationally, I think it's just you're farther away so the rules get more and more different.
0: I like hearing uh, parents and spectators come in to watch like a tournament or a league and they <laughs> get into it and they're all excited. And then for some reason, you know, to the untrained eye, it looks like so and so got hit. And uh, they're like, why yeah. is that person not out? It hit them. And like, well, actually, it hit a player that was already dead and therefore bounced off this player or hit a ball which was labeled dead. And blah, blah, blah. Like, I can I totally see, like even for them, it'd be hard to get into just a simple like league game or a simple local tournament because you expect simple rules like that ball hit that person, therefore they're out, and that's that's it. Like there's no And and it kills
1: me because I my my favorite is small court, small team, like six ball, eight five, eight six on six, like eight point five games. But I've been a part of a lot of trying to film dodgeball, trying to sell dodgeball, trying to like figure out how to present dodgeball as a medium sort of thing. And I just I don't see it working with six balls for a lot of the reason you're saying where it's just like every ball has all this like, oh, uh, or like even those simplified rule sets where it's like first contact goes through or, you know, like if you block, it's dead or if it bounces off someone, it's dead. Like, even with that, it's a lot to ask an audience member to follow. Uh, and we're people that play it all the time and I'll sit down and watch a game and not catch stuff. You know, you have to turn to someone and be like, oh, how did how Bob get out? Do you, like what happened there? Like how's half the team walking out right now? What happened? Right. And so, yeah, there's an there's an element of that. I think that if the rule set allows for that kind of chaos to have high impact plays, like players getting out, then you have to figure out a better way to deliver it. And that could be, uh, you don't show it live. Like we so you can, you can edit it up like they do for a lot of the, the dodgeball TV shows, or you could do it like uh, like boxing, where it's shorter games or shorter matches, where in between you can do slow mo replays of uh, the better plays, like kind of like the better punches in boxing. Like you've just got to, you got to break it down in some way for an observer to watch it and appreciate it. And I think that's the the biggest problem dodgeball is going for. Where every other sport has like a ball, and you all focus on it, so you have the 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 most the least educated person can still watch that ball and roughly follow the action and in dodgeball like even that low rung is out and so until you get into the one on one or two on two, people don't have a a good firm grasp of what's going on in the game and just I don't think it makes it very accessible.
0: No, that. But they also don't like connect to any particular player because like teams pro- um, crop up out of nowhere. And so, like uh-huh. you said, when it gets when it gets down to that one on one or that three versus one, and all of a sudden you're rooting for the underdog because he or she dodged you know, three or four different barrages, and you're like, yeah, I go this person. You're awesome. This is great, and you get really excited for a second, and then you know who knows until the next time that happens. And some games are uh, as over as or are, are over and as under like 15 seconds. Um, I yeah. think team evil is one of those teams that broke the record unfortunately against doom we, like just ate crap before like the 22nd mark and then i've seen will, that clip yeah. yeah i i cannot there are certain clips that just will not go away unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um, then, uh yeah there's some games that take a little bit longer but they don't have some of them just don't have that drama They're like oh yeah okay cool rise is playing against doom i'll uh i'll come back in like 20 minutes when something cool happens when it's like allen against uh pion that'll be cool to watch Right, Like, wake me yeah. it happens.
1: I mean, I'll tell you, that's one of the things that I think Elite has done something at least interesting with. Like, I, I don't participate in those uh, one-on-one things. There, I never did participate in those one-on-one games. Oh, the showdowns? But yeah, and I don't... because I don't particularly like it. But what I do like is that Mark's trying something different. And that it does draw a crowd, because I think it's different, and some people really like it. And it doesn't all have to be f- for me for it to be good for the sport. Like like I said, like I like playing a style of the game that I think is ultimately unfilmable. And, and I don't know if it can ever be digested as like a, like an Olympic sport, like how people want it to be. Uh, so I think we need to try new things. And I, I think it's really great that he's kind of figured out a new way to package up dodgeball and present it to people.
0: Yeah, or at least show like a who's who. Cause you know, yeah. Some some one on one matchups you you can only dream about. They'll they'll never happen, or the chances of them happening are very rare. But like if you find out, I don't know, Vince is going up against Ketchum, I want to see that. Yeah. And I would love to watch replays because all the all the angles are going to be there for me. Right. But that's uh, that's like elite players wanting to see elite players play against each other. But were you uh, so were you part of the NDLs pro pro team pro season? I was
1: I was very against Ed Prentice very early on. Uh, and I really didn't like how he structured his, like, you know, quote unquote pro teams where it was just, I, I didn't like a lot about how they set everything up there. And I especially found him to be very shady, uh, for, for a host of reasons. And so, no, I was, I was not interested in that. Like every yeah. year they were, I mean, I'm not gonna say it was like bang. It wasn't like, uh, you know, banging down my door to get me to play or anything like that, but. You know, like every year, I, I was definitely the caliber of player then that could have been on one of the pro teams, and was just—I I did not have an interest.
0: That's fair. I, I mentioned that because the the second season when we were, did you go to any of the NDL events then?
1: Yeah. So that's the and that's where I mean that's how I know. I'm I'm not talking out of hand. I we went to uh, many of those, and I just. Yeah, I mean, had had varying degrees of success. Like, won a couple. Like, had but it's had so many negative experiences there, uh, both with the games and just kind of how sh- it was just all sh- so short-sighted. It was just right. always chasing a nickel and giving up a dollar in the future kind of thing, where it seemed like the his business idea was that he didn't that he it felt real scammy all the time and that to me you can't if that's the basis of your organization you've got a real problem and it felt like that's where he, he 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 had his hooks in a good thing and he figured that out but then as far as how he decided to execute and expand and interact with the the players was just exploitative and I don't know it's kind of gross you know
0: yeah not not to get too into it but like he definitely um the the approach that he had were shutting other people out and and saying we're the only show in town and you can't go do this without our permission was he was just not in a position to do that if he had waited 10 15 years and actually built the the organization sure maybe but he really um it's funny because he would use this analogy where like you don't come in to somebody's house and sit at the head of the table if you're a guest i was like well look in the mirror dude like that's exactly what you did and uh yeah well we all know how that turned out but I bring that up because we, uh, in the second season, the second DWC, you know, we played in that warehouse with the uh, with the Astroturf for the first day. So I realized yeah. that was a terrible idea.
1: I, I actually, I missed, I was injured on that one, but I heard all the stories when everyone oh, came man. back. It was the killing
0: field for knees. It right. was so, so, yeah. so bad. And like, thank God I walked away from that one. Uh, when they got over that, though, um, Sunday, like professional season day, they, they had a, a pretty legit attempt to make it look like a well. Presented, packaged, uh, professional season. So they kind of did what you were talking about. Like we, they pre-recorded everything, as you know. Yeah. And then um, they had like I, I don't know, I don't know what the, the word is. Um, maybe you do actually because of your background, but like ESPN quality cameras and camera crew and, yeah. and the boom mics and all that good stuff. And I was like, oh wow, this is legit. Like this is really going to happen. We're going to have a really awesome, well packaged program, and it's gonna be so fun to watch. And X Y Z. And like even then, and this is not knocking Dendi at all. It's just like you can have the best, most professional setup, but because you can't even see some of the balls that are flying, because you can't trace six or set or five or six of these things taking place, it's uh, a lot of it standing around, and then somebody walks to the queue, standing around, somebody walks to the queue.
1: Like it, it's just
0: really hard to to
1: capture uh, overall. It's it is, and i I did one. I mean, I did the the game shot on the TV had a whole lot of cameras. I did the they did a special for the movie. Uh, for MTV where they did it was you know like Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn and they had four teams that were you know it's like a punk team and a hip-hop team and a I don't even remember the other two uh, I bring it up though because they had yeah it was like two cameras on cranes two on either like back lines and like two or three wild cams which is like the guy holding the camera walking around right. like they had coverage. It was still just, it was a garbage product. It's just, it's so, uh, well, this is this is the story I usually tell about at this point when I'm telling someone else about how it is, how hard it is to film dodgeball is, I watched this documentary once and I can't find it now, but it was about how when the NFL started, that they, they were essentially like, hey, at the time, it was like kind of this regional s- game from the South and they're like, well, how do we like film this thing? How do, it's like rugby or like, how, like how do we film it? How do we show this on TV as a, an event? Cause like what's really important is all this play on the line. And they had this guy come in who basically new, he knew TV and he was like, no, 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 we got to, we're going to frame in, we're going to frame wide at the start. Like you see everyone line up and then we're going to go tight on the quarterback. Cause he's the hero. We're going to do cut. Oh, he, then we're going to show him under pressure He then throws the ball, and we swap cameras to, like, you know, the guy trying to catch it and, uh, you know, like the the battle out on the island out there as this kind of, like, narrative. It's like this man against these forces sort of thing, which is why football is popular now because it's this great little story that repeats over and over again, right? But the physical game of football, yeah, it's about line play. It's about coverages. It's about all these things that the way you watch football on TV doesn't show any of it. Unless you've got that all 22 camera that like the NFL network lets you see, you're not seeing the game. You're seeing a very entertaining way to see things happening in the game. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what dodgeballs never figured out. It's still always trying to have like, oh, I'll just put a camera on the roof and point it straight down. And like, you don't, then you it's so thing. far away. You don't get any of the kind of like, punchy action on the ground. And if you're down on the ground, I can't see anything. And like at some point, someone will figure out how to film it. Right. Maybe, but it kind of gets back to what I was saying. You get, you get six balls and 12 guys. It's, uh, it's good luck. (laughs) it's, It's a big ask. Yeah. It just, I mean like football's more guys than that, but at least there's one ball. And like I said, they, they take these shortcuts for what they actually play, like what they actually film versus what's actually happening
0: That's really interesting that you you, um mentioned the quarterback as like the hero because that i think at least in my experience like we're trained to watch the quarterback the quarterback is the leader he's the one that's executing all the plays he's the hero in every single football movie it's always like the quarterback that has issues and blah 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 overcomes them and becomes a you know saves the day he's always the one that runs the last touchdown in the end zone and uh even watching like a live game, like my eyes are just—they're just naturally trained to watch what the quarterback does. It doesn't matter where I'm sitting in the stadium; it's always about him doing yeah. the first play that's going to kick off the rest of the action. That's pretty crazy. I wonder, like, who would, how would you even begin to set that up with uh,
1: with dodgeball and film? But a really good well, point. I think it gets into that. I, I still always think it's going to have to be a ball reduction that you play. Yeah, maybe. Slow it down. I mean, like. One of my favorites to watch is the Japanese style where it's three on three with a single ball and then there's also like three guys that play behind your team on either like one guy on either sideline and one guy behind if that makes sense like my players play if we're playing yeah. each other, my guys play behind you and your guys play behind me. So it's three on the court and then three behind the other team.
0: Yep, so I don't have to necessarily go for you. I can throw it over your head, hit my guy, and we can kind of tag-team you, so to speak. Yeah, like, and, if, and
1: anyone that played any of the, like, the Nintendo dodgeball games yeah, for a long time are always based around the Japanese style of it. But what's nice, it's one ball, and there's three guys out there. And so you can follow the ball, and then you're very quickly getting into situations where it's uh, one or two guys on a team so that you can focus a little bit more on... Uh, I don't know. I've talked to some people about it and I think unless you have the right court for it where the ball stays in play and unless you have the right kind of countdown to keep that ball and throw moving, it could it could stall out. But I think the right rule set with that kind of setup could be very filmable. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. It'll be uh it'll be interesting to see what happens five years from now where we're at. I, yeah, a, very. I'm at least happy to see UGC on, on ESPN, whether it's... Yeah. 3, 3.5, the, the internet, like, I was, uh, commented on a thread, I remember watching, and I, I kid you not, 2009, I was watching the 2007 Yo-Yo Championships on ESPN2, yeah. and, like, it wasn't a primetime slot for television, but, but I was just like, you gotta be kidding me, there's no way that dodgeball cannot fill at least this <laughs> spot on Saturday night or Friday, whenever, whatever night it was, it was just like, come
1: on, but... Yeah, but, I mean that's I'll the hard the like for everyone that I mean I and I love dodgeball, but you go to like I've been to like a A rodeo, like not even a real rodeo, like a tri- you know what I mean, like a down the the Norder rodeo, and there's 30 times the amount of people in that than have ever been at any dodgeball event I've ever seen, and there are now some larger dodgeball tournaments that are getting. You know, like a decent enough turnout like some of these uh what is it wdf or whatever like the national type things mm-hmm. seem to be having like a decent enough crowd and it sounded like they had some like okay ones in mm-hmm. some of the uh, events in australia but you, you hold it up against sports that i think dodgeballers would roll their eyes at maybe not the state of maybe not yo-yo but like da- down the pecking order a bit and there needs to be some some realistic thought there, too, about how, like, we're into this, but where does it stack up with, like, you know, Joe Sixpack? Joe Sixpack? What is it? What's the... Joe Sixpack? Yeah. Joe Sixpack, the, the normal man.
0: <laughs> I was thinking Joe the plumber,
1: but I prefer Joe Sixpack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, same. Uh, yeah, what a, what a normal person, how a normal person views the game. And that's that battle of, like, the... We've, we've got a lot of, there's a lot of ground to make up for all these comedy versions of dodgeball that have been presented. For sure.
0: And like, even compared to football, baseball, like, dodgeball's been around for, I guess, 15, 16 years. If we uh, if we use Costanza's, like, Patient Zero, like, that's where it all began, at least in the States. Yeah. You know, 15, 17 years versus the NFL's, uh, I couldn't even tell you, 50, 60. So
1: yeah. To, I mean, to and to that watch. one's even a, I mean, I mean, the flip side of that is you look at the, the top three sports in America in 1900. I remember reading something about this, and it was uh, horse racing, boxing, and baseball. <laughs> and then it's like 50 years later, horse racing and uh, horse is barely being followed. Boxing still important. 50 years after that, both horse racing and boxing are barely there at all. Uh, you know, football really comes up in the '60s, so it's like 50 years old. Like, things can change. Things can change very fast. You can go from a niche sport. You can. I just actually, I just listened to this podcast. And it was talking about food, where they were like, before the '80s, like sushi, like no one was having sushi, and they were saying before the, I feel like it was like the '70s, like yogurt was this niche food that only Greek people ate, and mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, but like things change. Like it, it can, and it can change very big, and like we don't even think of. Yogurt as a exotic or ethnic food, you know, it's just like a staple that you have with breakfast, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, just something uh, pompous
1: people eat after yoga. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so then, and then that right, can yogurt. happen with a lot of things, with sports, with TV, with movies. Like we see all that stuff change, but you know, there's there's reasons it happens, and it's because you know, industrious people get behind it, figure out how to package it, and figure out how to get it in a lot of people's hands, and that's the uh where dodgeball still has a lot of, a lot of ground to make
0: for sure. Uh I wanted to go back to Gridlock. Um that was actually going to be one of my first questions but kind of veered off but not like sure. that's an issue. Um why Gridlock? Why the jerseys and um what is with
1: the Raptor or or T-Rex? Oh, Grimlock. The uh, Grimlock. <laughs> Grimlock, the mascot of Gridlock. That's awesome. Yeah, uh yeah, it's, I was surprised that so many people don't, they're just like, who is, uh, the, yeah, they, they think he's uh, some sort of robotic dragon, which is, you know, I don't know if that's better or worse than a robotic dinosaur, but uh, no, Gridlock was just like cool. after the first, uh, there was like a the, his very first, Mark's very first Elite Tourney, it was like the Elite Invitational. Uh, the Elite Eight. Yeah, the Elite Eight, like a bunch of us had kind of been on teams that we weren't... Just kind of like, that That one was a little pieced together team-wise. Like, there were some established teams, but there were a lot of us that were just kind of like, oh, that'd be fun, and, and got together. And then, yeah, shortly after that, uh, me and the Harrells had all wanted to play together and kind of been... That's half a team Earl? right there. Just
0: <laughs> was it? I was gonna say the Harels are half a team right there. Like you can yep. get your, your work kind well, of that. That was,
1: was so in the in the big the the big big WDS and LADS leagues, you'd have these twenty person teams, and so you know, I had captained some teams, and they had captain someone. It was always this like, oh, we need an extra guy, or we need an extra guy, and it just never worked as far as me playing with them or them playing with me. Uh, and we had done like a little bit here or there, but nothing that serious. And then after that first state five tourney yeah, I approached them and was like, yeah, why don't we get like the three of you, me, uh, at the time, Eric Radke, and like, use that as a core of a team and like bring some guys in. Uh, and yeah, had a bunch of success right away and uh, really had a blast with it. The jerseys, uh, I, I mean, I designed them with, with input from the whole group where I was like, well, should we do this? Should we do this? What color should we use? Went through a bunch of different names and then I don't remember, I like. I think, I don't remember how Gridlock was the one that caught on, but yeah, there was some post that was like, yeah, we could be Gridlock, and our mascot would be Grimlock, and then, and there may have even been another pun in it, but it just kind of uh, took off from there. I found a factory in China that would make us uh, jerseys how I wanted them, with a the collar and everything, and then, yeah, I, had, I mean, so I just stopped playing after five years with them. Uh I don't know. A lot, lot why, of fun. Uh,
0: why the collars? And, and I think you guys have like arguably the best jersey out there. It's just so unique, so cool looking. Well, thanks.
1: Uh, what? So here's. The, I actually started going through other sport. The, the initial idea that I had was well, let's find another uh, sport that like has commercial jerseys for sale, and then I, like essentially like hey, let's like just Let's be let's say we didn't all know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? So I'd be like, oh, let's get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers jerseys. We'll just put our name on it, and that'll be our dodgeball team. Let's find, you know, like the Liverpool Gamecocks, and we could just get pre-made Gamecock Gamecock jerseys. Or, you know, like something like that. Let's find a team out there for some other sport, and then we'll just get our jerseys made so we don't have to go through all this like rigmarole of like designing and doing all this stuff. In looking at that though, I started looking at a bunch of different sports that had jerseys, and I wanted to find something that was good for dodgeball, though. Because up to that point, you'd have teams playing in like basketball-style jerseys or like a lot of uh, a lot of T-shirts, just things that weren't great for not getting hit. And then still being uh, they need to be loose enough that you have a lot of movement, like kind of baseball style. You want to be able to throw and do whatever you want, but you also want them to be pretty trim because uh, you don't want to get nicked with anything. And it eventually ran across uh, rugby jerseys, which are set up exactly for that, where you don't want to get tackled. Uh, but you don't you don't have... It, it football jerseys would be perfect, except they're built for... Uh, Shoulder pads and... Yeah, having, having all, all the like uh, the gear under it. And so rugby jerseys are made to be tight to the body, but then also uh, loose around the, the shoulders. And then they stylistically, and I don't know the origins of rugby uh, collars. That's a whole, I never went down that, uh, rabbit hole, but they off, they have a whole bunch of different, uh, collars. And so in some of the early designs, I was like, yeah, we should do rugby jerseys. And then I showed the collars and the guys really liked the collars. Uh, and then we went, we did, we decided to not use an existing rugby, uh, you know, like team somewhere to just design our own. So, and then I did that. That's awesome. Yeah. The,
0: um, <clears throat> I don't know. Rugby is a, a classy sport, therefore callers, <laughs> even
1: though they're beating the crap out of each other. So. Yeah, I maybe mean, just give it a little bit of respectability while you're punching exactly. another guy in the mud. Yeah,
0: it's all it's all good if you got a collar. It's it's totally yeah. a gentleman's sport at that point. <laughs> so uh, you said you're, you're retired, but you still play recreationally. and We kind of talked about this when we almost had our own like side podcast. Uh, the first yeah. time we were, uh, I mean, talking. I just
1: just trying to stave off like getting too fat. You know, like you, is there somewhere. Right around thirty, there's like a, your metabolism just starts going to, to crap, and you can't eat what you used to, and like you just like change. And I, I probably became a better dodgeball player in my early thirties than I was around thirty because it's I mean it just you're different. And then you get into your mid thirties and late thirties, and the injuries start just like really not healing up, and you really have to. I was never one to stay in great condition, and you have to spend a lot more time to even stay in okay condition. And then yeah, around forty, it's just like every tourney there's some new, you know, twenty year old baseball washout starting pitchers throwing an eight five ball at your head and you're slower and dumber and like it just gets like we're just like, you know what, this is still great and I love it, but I'd like to play once a week Wednesday night and for a couple hours, not eight hours, for two hours. And at that I can still play very well and be very competitive and not like come home, like, you know, ground up meat. Yeah,
0: like you uh, said, you want to, how much time do you want to spend recovering the rest right. of the weekend? As it saw. I was
1: starting to spend a lot of time recovering and just like really having to uh, and, I, and I have three small kids now and that was one of the big ones where I would just, I would come home I'd leave on a Saturday and just be like hey honey, watch three kids all day and then I'd come home that night and just like you know, I like, couldn't just kind of have to, like, lay down a lot, do a lot of icing, uh, you know, I took a decent amount of painkillers just to kind of, like, continue to be functional, and then the next day and the next couple days after it, it would be like, no, I, I can't pick you up very well because my shoulder is garbage. Like, no, I can't do this because my back feels really bad. And then, it's kind of like, well, what what are you, why, why are you doing that? Because <laughs> you could snipe some guy on Yatsuvo, like, <laughs> you know I mean? like, it just, you know, it, it's, it, there's got to be some point where it's like, well, you're not going to play dodgeball forever, yeah. Like at a at a competitive level, so step away when you still feel decent about how you were playing, and then, like I said, I can I can play one night a week and get everybody out that I want to, and still be sore for a day afterwards, but like be functional, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd I mean, still make every tournament. I'm still real sad. I was looking like, oh, I could be doing that. But I just, you know You can't play with the option. No it's like,
0: can I uh, can I do this or do I really want to because you obviously don't do that for a reason and It's just good to know that you're still out there playing like that's uh without because I'm not too far behind you I'm, I'm 34 myself and I know that Got day's it. coming where it's just gonna be like uh, this is not fun anymore this hurts a lot more than it's supposed to or used to and yeah. starting to uh yeah sorry yeah, you it, slide but... it I
1: gotta say right <laughs> around 34 35 I had like a second coming where you get uh you get better you just I mean there really there's just like the 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 years of play add up and you don't you may physically fall off 10% but you're 30 percent smarter kind of thing if that you know <laughs> those are real numbers but you know what I mean like it really you can become a much more efficient player as long as your body doesn't just totally fall off a cliff
0: yeah and so that's what you're saying uh, like you become more deliberate in your actions yeah. you're a little more uh, conservative you're not throwing every single ball possible you're calculating and you just like yeah. you said all that experience comes to it's like finally matches your body I suppose
1: yeah oh, it just be, it just becomes like all your plays are high reward low risk and so like by doing that constantly like it, it keeps narrowing your little, uh, your room for, for mistakes, but it mean. I mean like, just because you're you, you are slower. You, you can't make the same throw. You can't overpower people the same way. So you have, it's a narrower narrower thing you have to hit, but you're better and better at doing it. Just because, like, your timing is better. You don't get excited when the game is late in it. Like, it's actually one of the things I really like now about playing. Wednesday nights right now in LA, we've got a bunch of new 8-5 players, and it's just really fun to see them. Yeah, it'll be like a two-on-one, and you can see they're they're young and they're like game suddenly changes, and they make big dumb mistakes, and they kind of like run around like crazy a little bit. And it makes me remember what it was like, uh, you know, when I was young and dumb and doing that same sort of thing. It's just really interesting to see it, you know, for, from an old man's eyes watching it happen.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a clip of us us, I mean Team Evil like back in the day, two thousand six. We were playing against yeah. the the makings of Rise at the time. And you know, these are Surge and Tim, Jim, very, very high caliber, strategic, great calculating players, right? Yeah. However, at the time, we all looked like a bunch of kids that had no <laughs> idea what the hell I we were doing. Going. You know, yeah, it, we yeah. just look like a, a complete like I, I, don't want. I'm trying not to cuss, but you know, a show like it was just yeah. bad, and it's just so funny. Cause at the time, we're like, "Oh, this is the best I've ever played." We're at the apex <laughs> of dodgeball. This is serious business. This super competitive, and now we're just like, "I could take on the entire court by myself." Yeah. Watching these guys play the way they are, and it's just, it's hysterical. And that was, um, it's true. You get to relive that when a new person comes on, cause like, "Ha ha, guy's gonna get picked off for not looking, or he's gonna get blindsided." And I don't know about you, but like when I when I see that happening, I like kind of try to coach them through action so like I, I'll, I'll see a perfect opportunity to light them up but I won't instead I'll like throw a nice lob so that way they can slowly pick up like hey I shouldn't leave myself exposed like this
1: or maybe oh, go you're a, a nicer man than me yeah, I'm well, yeah. like I'm going to get my outs <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to get outs I just want to <laughs> knock them off the court nice. I do I try to do a bit of like after the game like hey like I was able to get you there because you had two balls and threw them both, and then I ran you over. You should throw one and then back up and regroup because you're stronger and younger than me. Like yeah, you so know, you a there are things that at least. I don't think are easy to pick up, so you try to you know pass along. I'm not I'm not here to just get people out, you know. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if any of, I don't know if any of it, if any of it's absorbed by anybody, but I try.
0: I've had a few players come up to me in the past and like, Oh man, Steve, uh, thank you for all the advice you've ever given me. It's great. And I learned a lot from you. And, um, that's always a good feeling. Like, Oh cool. I left a a small little mark in a very small little niche world. (laughs) It always feels good. Like it, it's just, uh, you want to pass off something. uh, Well, I think it feels a little
1: more, not, not that any of this is a waste of time, but like it does feel good that you're like, Oh, at least I made some impact here with all those hours I put in
0: or you made somebody's day a little bit better or you made them appreciate the game just a little bit more Yeah, know, kind of share that passion with them. So going back to like leaving your mark on, you know, the younger, newer players, um, what advice would you give them? Like somebody that's brand new, uh, he shows up to open gym, got rocked, got lit up, but is one of those rare few people that wants to come back. What would you, what advice would you give them? If, if any,
1: well, I, I can tell you exactly what I usually do is that, I've played long enough so that I've seen people of just about every skill set be good in one way or another. So if, you know, if someone shows up and they're like an ex, uh, they're an X shortstop and you can see it real fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so they're throwing real hard, but they're delivering everything right into the person's, uh, bread basket. Cause that's where all their muscle memory is, is, you know, trying to hit someone from that distance about there. It's getting into that, like, Oh, Hey, Like, you throw hard enough, you don't need to be up that far. Or, like, hey, after you throw, try to stay squared up. Or, like, if it's a tall guy, you know, you do a lot of, like, well, you need to watch your feet because there's the whole thing where it's, like, as you bend down, your knees go out. So everyone's going to throw below your knee. so you need to work on being able to move your feet around without bending over. And, like, just those physical things that are a nice shortcut, you know, like into right. the game. Because uh, I think it's really hard, like unless there are people that come up with with all the skills and then it's really just like, hey, like keep your head on a swivel, like just, you know, you'll, you'll pick it up because the physical side will get you there. I'm always more worried about, you see people with kind of the just like a li- not not that it's a bad thing i think it's it's 99% of us just like a limited skill set and that can be very frustrating where you show up and you're good at throwing but you throw once and are out game after game after game where you should be good and aren't is just giving that little that little like hey like don't throw from the middle cuz you 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 when you throw you you used to be uh, a pitcher, so you're rolling your whole shoulder over, which basically so means half the court can like underhand lob a ball into your leg. Yeah, like, if you're gonna throw, pick one side, throw at people near you, and then do like a wide receiver wide receiver shuffle back. Get your hands up when you can. You know, just like those little physical things that let them stay on the court a little more, uh, and keep an eye on what's going on because uh, I, I think you're right like you it, it can be f- so frustrating and you see people that show up that should be good and they're really bad and then they don't it doesn't come together and you see you're like that guy's never coming back
0: that's the worst because yeah. from um you know when i ran tucson dodgeballs, as a league um you need people to come back so it's like i had more incentive to try to coach people and, and try to get them to come back and you know, talk about strategy and just how you can stay alive just a little bit longer. And yeah, that's the worst. To, to see somebody get really excited at first and then transition to, I'm never coming back, this is rough, or I don't like it, or I didn't have fun, that just sucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll mm. tell you the time that reminds me the most. So, 8 5 is what we started on in LA, played it for years, got up to like multiple 8 5 locations at one point even. And then after Pinch was introduced, uh, the ceiling for how well. People were playing, just took off to this degree that new people would show up. They'd get hit by one, and we had a lot of like real serious pinch players at that point. They'd get hit by one of those, are like, all right, well, I'm, you know, you could just see it in their face. Like, it was, they didn't show up to, to box, you know, and that's what was happening. They <laughs> were just getting people. really hit for real, uh, and it just, and it just, it tore all the leagues apart. I mean, that's where, where Steepuff came out of all that, because you needed an alternative for people that wanted to play without. Having their fingers all chewed up and without having to worry about their retinas all the time, uh, where it just it created such a high level for entry that it, it, I mean, it really killed it off. I mean, for a while, WDS was doing eight-five leagues and it'd be three teams of five and barely could fe- field that. You know, and it was like that for a couple of years uh, until Mark started doing the elite stuff again. Eight-five was. You know, it's really on life support. It was just kind of a little group of us that always played, but you know, there'd be fifteen Stay Puft leagues with twenty per, you know, with ten twenty-person teams in each of them, and then one 8-5 league that was barely going.
0: Did you? Uh, <clears throat> might be a bit of a stretch. So back in September of two thousand seven, we had our first like independent uh, dodgeball tournament uh, in Tucson, and it was at the indoor roller hockey rink. And it was 8.5 and a team called LADS, LA Dodgeball Society, came down. And it was um, Costanza and I think Randa, Randy Duran. Yeah, Randa Man. And uh, yeah, were you part of that posse by chance?
1: So I came out on some early trips. I'm not... The one I I remember for Arizona was probably a little bit after that. It was... uh, It was one where there were like two Arizona groups having attorney on the same day and we (laughs) went to the wrong one. We went to the one that like Sam was running. Oh man. And it was just us and a couple teams, and then later we ran into someone they're like, oh yeah, there's an attorney with like twelve teams at this other place. Uh, what I would say is I went to a lot of I traveled to a lot of attorneys with Costanza and a lot of them with Randaman, but Unless you have more details than that from that one, I'm not sure.
0: It was called the uh, Co-Ed Naked Dodgeball Tournament, uh, $600 cash prize. But you would know, like it, the indoor roller hockey rink, um, you would know that. Um, it was similar to like the one, that one dude hosted I think in like Virginia, like the first
1: like 10K oh, tournament. Yeah. I was out for that one. Yeah,
0: and I, it's funny because I saw, I was looking up
1: uh, clips of that. Oh, there's you know, look. I'm dressed up like I have like a mohawk. Man, you
0: look so different. It was crazy. I was like, "Holy crap, that's that's Eric."
1: Like, wow. Oh yeah, I've got like a black eye from a street fight from when we were out <laughs> carousing. Like, <laughs> I was not fighting. I just got punched. But yeah, I had. I mean, it was a. It was fun. I I watched that the other day. I found a link to it on a, an old list of like dodgeball links for clips. And yeah, it's crazy. It's just like me and a wife beater with a mohawk and a beard. Yeah. And I'm—it's weird. I looked like I'm moving around the same. But yeah, it's—it's it's, well, obviously I'm young. It's—it was just—I don't know. It was—it was
0: very weird to watch. Yeah, it's so funny watching a younger version of yourself play. You're like, what are
1: you doing? Like, yeah. Just I was throwing real hard. I like that a lot, but. Uh... I don't know. Yeah, so that, like, that was a fun tourney. I wish I could remember. Th- and it's funny, I mean, you'd say, like, oh, it was that indoor hockey one. Man, I've played on every hockey yeah, ring, roller ring, <laughs> you know, like state floor of the Staples Center, the parking lot outside the Staples Center, you know, garage like underground parking garages in uh, Los Gatos, you like a it. muddy field outside of a school in <laughs> Malaysia, like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've played in all of them, so unfortunately, I don't remember it from just that uh though i i feel like i would do you remember? i don't suppose you remember who else was with the group by any chance
0: um i i don't and that that's the thing it's it wasn't um and it's no offense to these people at all like but the only people I remember were like i said Randa and um and Costanza. the other guys I don't think I've seen in n d l definitely not elite um there's a video, though, of, like, the highlights from that tournament, and it was it a was really, good, really good video with, um, uh, freaking, what's it called? Welcome to the Jungle. And then YouTube's like, nah, you can't do that, so I put, like, this lame stock music. But the the footage is there, and I, could, I can message that to you. <clears throat> yeah, so I guess, uh, I mean, we can go on forever, but I'll, I'll close with that kind of, uh, the segue to this last question. Sure. Um, what is your best dodgeball tournament slash experience? Like, what what's the one that... I mean, I'm sure countless do, but what would stand out the most? Like, you're like, this is the best dodgeball experience ever, like the pinnacle. Oh. Uh, or what comes close, I guess.
1: That's, I mean, I think that gets a little into, uh, like, what are the, why you're out playing? Because, I mean, there's I couldn't tell you how many, You know, like, tourneys, I went in with a good team, we won the tournament, we got some, you know, chintzy prizes, or not at all, or got a free drink at the bar. And then left, like, those are, I don't know. I guess I had enough of those that, that, I mean, some of those stand out, I guess is what I'm saying, but I don't know if they'd be, like, the most interesting. Uh... I don't know. I would. I would say. I mean, some of the most unique ones were when I've like traveled. I guess. I mean, we had that. I I went for one of the Team USA trips where we played in. And I guess this is a good mix of we won, which was great, but also it was such a cool like experience where we went to Hong Kong and we played uh, in there local league, like their all-star team versus our traveling team. There was like a mix of USA and uh, Canadian players. And we went and it was like a new ball that we didn't know that well, but they had it in this indoor gym and like their rules were different, their shagging was different, and they were good. And the first half we went down, you know, probably like 10 to 2. It was we were just getting blown out. Switch over and then one all the way back so that with like you know, 30 seconds left. We're tied, you know, 12-12 or something like that. I don't remember the exact numbers, but we got tied up like that. Uh, I had a couple good plays, and I had my I had been having shoulder problems in that, so it was kind of inaccurate. But I had a couple good plays back to back, which was really nice. And then we did win the game to like you know, so we won. We got our little medals, but then it was this like, afterwards we went to a bar with them, and we hadn't really known anyone, and it was one of these where it's like, oh yeah. It's not like Hong Kong is the most alien place on earth, but it was very, we're just like, oh, it's the same dodgeball conversations, the same dodgeball people overseas. And then one of the coolest things I've ever seen, everyone was like, oh, when are the stats getting in? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, the games are all taped, and right after the games are over, they get sent to this person. They just pay to accumulate all the stats. And, in a, and it's like a couple hours after the game, they all get posted, so you know how many like hits you have and catches you have, and like That's cool. the win percentage when you're on the court, like all this <laughs> crazy stuff. And where it also opened my eyes a little bit, where I was like, oh hey, like what we're doing in LA in the US can be and has been surpassed. You know, it was a little bit of like, oh, this is like us, and then it was a little bit of like. It just opened eyes to like how much future there could be, and it was like super in range. Like it did not have to be this like barnstorming, ticky-tack like comedy thing that there are already people taking it seriously, and you could travel and go see them and and have a fun time with them. You know,
0: that's cool. Yeah, they um, you're right. It's it's always tournament and then after party, same people, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not. Bashing that experience at all—it's it definitely got its own value. But someone's that like really stand out. So like the Salt Lake tournament, for example. Yeah. Mason behind the back. Okay, cool. That what yeah. else is new. But like watching somebody else like relive that and experience that was great. Stats—that is, man, that'd be really cool to see. And just kind of having an idea of what that would look like. Uh, even now, like if that's that's an element that you can bring in—that's not new. That's or that's not like groundbreaking. it's not gonna cost a lot of money it's um, it's something that could be not too far from the future like you said it's within reach
1: yeah it was and, and one thing I forgot even and they had refs that were just paid refs where they were like yeah so in Hong Kong it's largely uh, Indonesians are, are kind of the the immigrant worker there right mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like for here it'd be people from Central America right and they were just like yeah we just found uh, some people you know that were basically day labor, Type, like, you know, uh, like basically like nice, honest people. They didn't know anything about dodgeball. We brought them out. We started paying them to be refs. And you just have to pay them an hourly, pay them to be refs. After a couple months, they were really good refs. They don't play dodgeball, so they never play favorites. They're just really good refs. They're brought out. They refed all their games, were super good at it. They took uh, no lip. And it was just one of these where, like, again, where it's like, oh, that's super attainable. We could be doing that tomorrow. Uh, that's the future. That's yeah, what like real sports do. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was very a little bit of money
0: and time, and then boom, done. Done deal. Right. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say uh, maybe within the next five, ten years, hopefully we'll at least get to that point, maybe sooner. Maybe this conversation might nudge some people. Never know.
1: Um, yeah, I think some of the... <laughs> The drama with all these organizational entities needs to get uh, figured out, and and best of luck to everybody. But right, yeah,
0: yeah, we're in a, we're in feudal Japan, and everybody's trying to be shogun right yeah. now. Still, after the last ten years of the same same thing,
1: yeah. And I'm happy to just anyone that wants help on just doing things that are good good for the game. I help out, but all of the who's figuring what out. Uh, I hope it gets organized because I think that's what it needs for for everyone who's got these dreams about the Dodgeball being international and being in the Olympics and being bigger, that's got to get settled first, and then I don't think it'll start moving forward for
0: sure yeah. cool, man. Well, um thanks for chatting with me. I mean, this has been pretty cool. I got to relive some things, and that's the whole point is just trying to capture a lot of the memories that I think a lot of people that are relatively new even within five six years still don't know what life was like pre-ndl pre i know it's
1: pre- yeah i was trying to explain moon, the barnstorming even. to someone the other day and it was hard they were like how did you find out about tourneys and i was just like i don't it was like you know pre-facebook where it's just like <laughs> i don't even remember Message boards. someone yeah. would just say they'd heard about a tournament and we'd go there you know Yep. Yeah.
0: you go there and you just hope that's a good turnout you hope that's right. still actually that day and then uh yeah, <laughs> you
1: I remember going to me, you'd be like, what kind of balls is it? you just show up, you'd be like, oh, what are these? You know, be <laughs> some sort of volleyball thing, you'd be like, all right, well. <laughs> Whatever, let's happen. do this. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and now we're diagramming plays on the computer and sharing with everybody.
0: Yeah, for, for better or for worse, it's, uh, it's come a long way and still has a lot further to go, but yeah. at least I was able to be a part of it and still kind of am and hoping that this podcast can kind of help. I don't want to say bring appreciation for for what it is, but it's uh, it's just a, definitely a good way to look at things, um, and maybe learn some stuff from the past and whatnot. But
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for me,
0: it's um, I went to the um, the Hall of Fame at it, the football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, and I'm oh, going cool. through all these archives, and it was um. It was just a spur of the moment thing too. Like it wasn't even like we were playing. We we're just in Atlanta. It was free to military members, so we're like, cool, why not? And um, yeah. just seeing the the changes in uniform, hearing the unit, the the interviews, seeing like, uh, so and so's like suit that he wore, and the, I, it just <laughs> it, it really reminded me of like the good old like the good old barnstorming days. It reminded me of like how how far we've come, but how far we still have yet to go, because we're still in a lot of those phases where you have, even the NFL had infighting. They had organizations yeah. fine for like the, the ultimate seat. And so for me, it, w- it would be great to be able to record a lot of conversations and build out a, a timeline to kind of slowly start putting that in place. So that if and when the dodgeball world does wake up and and move forward, we still have something that we were a part of. So very like league of their own, end of the movie type feel is what I'm going for.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think it's a really neat idea. I think, and I and I agree because I keep like we'll have to get together so I can get you some of them. I've got like yeah weird clips from you know like I have like a full set of extreme dodgeball season three, for example, like sitting on a drive somewhere. Like, I've got a bunch of old, weird clips of dodgeball. I'm sure Costanza has uh, more than I do. But like, but that kind of stuff, yeah, it's just going to start getting lost. And I don't know. I mean, because I think there are people that would uh, like to see and hear this stuff, but it's going to be, like you're saying, harder and harder, it's starting to fade away.
0: Yeah, it's gotta start somewhere, and you know, hopefully, this is just a small contribution to what will get people to be like, oh yeah, no, I've got footage from my high eight Sony cam of, of us playing dodgeball at the U of A, or you know, yeah. I, I've got the old flyer from the NDL two thousand five uh, dodgeball world championship and convention, or I've got footage oh, here, wow. or check out this YouTube link, <laughs> or you know, it, it's all out there. So I'd just like to start consolidating it and, and getting it to one maybe central location, but just have it acknowledged and, and just see where it goes but uh,
1: uh you know what i just found uh this about two weeks ago i was cleaning out my dodgeball bag my very nice uh core patch that you gave me at that utah trip. nice <laughs> i don't know if you remember that oh of course dude. I, the yeah the octa patches that is
0: a staple yeah. of tucson of team evil of steve like that's just
1: yeah man that is... it was it was tucked in one of my pouches there i had set it aside to like Iron on or so on at some point, and just been in there, and I pulled it out. I was like I, oh. I put it back in, but you know, awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was very happy to have it.
0: It'll come out another day, and that, that's great. I love seeing. I'll still see people like wearing that stuff on the wristbands, and like, ah,
1: yeah, we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Definitely.
0: Awesome, man. Well, again, dude, I appreciate your time, and yeah, I can probably have to do this again at some point. Maybe we can do like a part two. Get further for sure. Into the weeds, anything how you how need follow up
1: wise, or yeah, anything I can do to help, I'm happy to.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah, if you have any ideas for me as well, um, especially as we like release an episode and, and, and whatnot, just let me know. I'm, I'm down for suggestions and and feedback and all, all the like. So
1: Okay, sounds good, buddy.
0: All right, dude. Well, have a good night, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, you too. Talk to you soon. Right, take care, man.
0: Yep. So that was Eric truck tillmans and what a joy that was for me personally to relive much of the pre-UGC, pre-Elite, even some of the pre-NDL Good old barnstorming days of dodgeball If you can imagine a world without Facebook uh, maybe even without MySpace, uh, that's that's more or less where dodgeball uh, came from um, and whether you're new to the sport or have been around for a while um, it's just come a long way period e- even from the last two years uh, dodgeball is definitely I feel on the right track I and mean, when yeah, I look back at uh, some of the some of the harder struggles that we went through just to get to a tournament and I come back from a three-division tournament in L.A. where we have people coming in all the way from Minnesota to come play. It really does uh, strike the uh, gratitude chords there to, uh, to just sit back and appreciate all that's, that's come and gone within the last uh, 10 to 12 years of us playing. Anyway, so in conclusion, um, I hope this gave you a good taste of what's to come. If you have any questions, any feedback, I am open to it. If you'd like to be on the podcast, I'd be more than happy to sit down and chat with you for... I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, an hour, however long it takes. If you love dodgeball as much as I do, we can talk all day. Um, so that being said, until next time, this is Steve out. Line. Sorry, Nick. Try to get through this, make this as painless as possible for the both of us.